Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. I think we got a fun show lined up for you here on OutKick this morning. We broke down the NFL Combine, in particular the question, could Kyler Murray go number one overall, and could Josh Rosen be on his way out with the Arizona Cardinals? We talked with Jeff Schwartz about an important question. Why is the penis the only body part not measured at the NFL Combine? And in hour three, we talked with Missouri Athletic Director about the punishment that has come down that is a bowl ban for Missouri and how it could impact the SEC football division and title races. All that more, plus a brawl at a Huntsville, Alabama crab leg buffet. Tongs clashing. And what's the worst thing that could happen to your salsa if you order out for Mexican food? I think I got the answer. All that and more. Thanks for hanging with us. Make sure you download the podcast and tell your friends. Be sure to outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by TrueCar. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices, and with TrueCar, you've got a star on your roster, so when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. True cash offer not available in all areas. They are officially underway in the NFL Combine, and there are a couple of interesting stories that I think are going to be developed as the uh, NFL Combine continues throughout this weekend into the weekend in Indianapolis. And I think a couple of things let's start with here. First of all, news yesterday comes out. We've talked a lot about what's going to happen with Nick Foles. 
And I feel like sometimes all the college basketball and all the NFL, uh, and I'm sorry, all the college basketball and all the NBA, you can get lost in some of the details that come out here. And it's pretty substantial news to finally get a resolution here. The Eagles have decided they're going to let Nick Foles uh, be a uh, unrestricted free agent. Instead of trying to trade him, instead of franchise tagging him, all those things are officially done. And that means that there is going to be a substantial market out there for Nick Foles to try to figure out how much money he is going to be worth. And so there is a big line of teams that are going to be kicking the tires on Nick Foles. And I think he's going to get in excess of $20 million. And in fact, the numbers are out as to where he exactly is going to go. And, uh, and, and this is pretty intriguing in and of itself. The Jags, who have been rumored for a long time to be the top destination for Nick Foles, are at the top of the list of teams that are likely to make a move and, uh, and bring him in. And then the, uh, the, the other questions that are out there is who else might be able or willing to make that move? And according to the guys at Odd Sharks, uh, Jaguars, prohibitive favorite right now to bring in Nick Foles, the Blake Bortles experiment officially over. Uh, if you want to gamble on this, the Jaguars minus 150. Who else is in the mix? The Dolphins at 5-1. to one. And then the Redskins at nine to one, the Bengals at nine to one, Raiders twelve to one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers twelve to one, Giants sixteen to one, Jets and Bills at twenty-five to one, along with the Cardinals. Now, here is the other, I think, interesting question that's out there, and I believe we have audio of this, and it is what is going to happen? with the uh, decision of the Arizona Cardinals with the number one overall pick. And one of the intriguing things about the NFL Combine is that every coach and GM comes out and uh, and answers questions about the team uh, and meets with the media. And so uh, ever since they hired Cliff Kingsbury, the question has been, what are the Cardinals going to do? Are they really committed to Josh Rosen? Or because Cliff Kingsbury happened to say back in, I think it was November, that if he had the number one pick, he would go out and draft Kyler Murray uh, because guess what? Now he does have the number one pick. Are they going to stick with Josh Rosen or trade him and potentially go and take Kyler Murray number one overall? Well, listen to this question and the response. Asked about Josh Rosen, the I think it's the GM, GM Steve Keim of the Arizona Cardinals had this to say. Well, I mean, I think what Cliff said was trying to avoid bulletin board material. I think if you're a Texas Tech, I would have said the same thing about an Oklahoma quarterback. But, um, you know, again, it's still early in the process. We haven't even gone through a full evaluation at all the positions. So, really, it's, it's again, too early to say. Is Josh Rosen our quarterback? Yeah, he is right now for sure. He is right now for sure is the most unbelievable comment that I've ever heard uh, in these kind of situations. He is right now for sure. I mean, that is uh, the the weakest vote of confidence that I have ever heard in a starting quarterback when you know specifically you're going to be asked about this question. You know that that's going to be the primary focus of all the media that are there, and you say he is for sure right now. To me, that puts Kyler Murray in play to be the number one overall draft pick. I don't think that's overstating things. I don't think that's overreacting. These guys prep for the questions they're going to get from the media in advance. It's impossible to give less of a vote of confidence to uh, 
to anyone, but specifically there. Uh, I mean, just think about it in your own job. Like if uh, I if if my boss is Scott Shapiro and Don Martin, they said, uh, "Hey, what do you think about Clay Travis's performance in uh, in morning radio?" And they said, "Well, he's our morning radio host for right now, for sure." I'd be like, "Okay, time for me to start looking for another job." Uh, that is just, I think, again, put a pen in this one because Kyler Murray's height's going to be a big story. Kyler Murray's weight, Kyler Murray, what he does at the at the forty, what he runs it in, all those things are going to become major stories. But so far, the big question that is out there has been, what are the Cardinals going to do? And and presently, Nick Bosa is the expect, expected number one overall pick now. It's also possible the Cardinals are looking at the draft board and they think, hey, we might not even need to take Kyler Murray first overall. If he's our guy, we potentially could trade this number one pick. We potentially could trade Josh Rosen, add some more picks, and slide back in this draft uh, process. But I don't remember. You guys may be able to think of it off the top of your heads. This would be a huge story. Now, obviously, getting a new regime with Cliff Kingsbury as a coach factors in here. But I don't remember it happening very often, if at all, that a first-round quarterback in the NFL is traded before his second season. It's a good hypothetical question for you guys out there, and and maybe somebody in the crew can think of it. But can you think of a first-round quarterback who has ever been drafted and then traded by the team that drafted him before his second season arrives? That's almost unheard of because of the investment at the quarterback position in general. Nobody is willing to make that move uh, and admit basically, you know what, we were wrong and pull the trigger on a first-round quarterback that quickly. I can't remember. And again, if you can remember one, you can tweet me at Clay Travis and uh, and and maybe there's somebody that I'm forgetting. But again, not a first-round quarterback who's traded because a lot of people are going to say that. But in the Josh Rosen situation, can you guys remember a first-round quarterback who was traded after his first year. And if we wanted to be even more specific, we could say a top-10 quarterback because Rosen wasn't just a first-round quarterback. He wasn't just a guy taken at the bottom of the first round. He's a top-10 pick. So I can't remember that ever happening where you trade after a year. I think that would speak to how highly Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinal Brain Trust would view Kyler Murray and also carry a lot of weight about the overall uh, value uh, that uh, that the Cardinals are going to put in trying to find the perfect quarterback to run Kingsbury's uh, offensive system. And if they really think that Kyler Murray is that good, and I think there's a very good chance that he would be uh, the number one overall pick, then, uh, then wow, uh, how smart has uh, Kyler Murray been in this process when he decided to walk away from the guaranteed money in baseball, he stands, I think there's no doubt at all, to make a ton more money now in football. And uh, and that's going to be, as we said, the number one story as we play out the next uh, the next couple of days of this show and certainly of this weekend at the NFL Combine. Um, when we uh, return here momentarily, going to dive into that question. We're going to talk about Nick Foles, where we think he's going to go. Also, some wild and crazy uh, action last night in college basketball and uh, in the NBA. The Lakers got a win to keep their uh, flickering playoff hopes alive. We'll talk about whatever happened in that game. 
uh, roadmap for you uh, in terms of uh, where we are headed in this show. In hour two, we'll talk with Jeff Schwartz. We'll talk with him about that combine experience, what he felt about it, how important it is, what he'll be watching for in Indianapolis also. And this is going to be pretty interesting, I think. In hour three, we are going to talk with the athletic director of the University of Missouri, Jim Sterk. He's going to join us. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, the University of Missouri got hit with drastic and debilitating, some would say, NCAA sanctions that were far in excess of the penalty that they deserved, and in my opinion. And so their athletic director, again, Jim Sterk, is going to join us, and he's going to dive into that, and he's going to make his case on why Missouri was overpunished. I don't think he's talked a ton uh, to the media since this ruling came down from the NCAA, so, uh, so that should be a pretty interesting and engaging conversation as we chase down that story. All that and more, we will continue to break down all of that. Plus, I've got an update for you on the University of Iowa radio announcer who was suspended for the remainder of the year uh, for using uh, the phrase King Kong to describe a black, uh, uh, black athlete in the wake of that game that they lost, Iowa did, against Maryland. There has been a new, uh, uh, a new uh, development in that case. We will talk about it. All that and more. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Thanks for hanging with us. Thursday edition, almost March. Almost March Madness here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's always good to be in the know, but it's especially important when it comes to your personal information like your social security number. That's why Discover is here to help. They send an alert if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And best of all, this service is free for card members. All you have to do is sign up online. It's just one more way Discover looks out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We spent a lot of time earlier this week talking about the absurdity that was the decision by the University of Iowa to uh, go ahead and suspend for the remainder of the season uh, their radio announcer because he referred to a black basketball player as King Kong. Do we still have that audio for people who might not have been familiar with this story uh, who are listening to us right now? Uh, Danny G, do you have that um, that audio of the guy? Yeah, give us a second here. Yeah. We'll pull it back up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, a official statement from uh, Iowa they said uh, that uh, they announced they will reinstate play-by-play announcer Gary Dolphin, beginning with coverage of football spring practice, and they said he'll also return for football and men's basketball. Uh, the reinstatement, uh, like the suspension, was made by this, uh, the, the, the school in conjunction with the people who uh, carry the, uh, the games. Uh, Gary Dolphin has served as voice of the Hawkeyes since 1996, he was suspended Friday, uh, that's last Friday, for the remainder of the men's basketball season for an inappropriate comment during the broadcast of the Iowa game against Maryland. 
Um, and uh, here is uh, the audio for which he was suspended. Some pretty good long-range shooting, and then Fernando uh, was King Kong at the end of the game. So we spent a lot of time talking about this. I think it was, was it the Tuesday show? I think it was the Tuesday show uh, in hour two, if you're curious. We opened up the phone lines. We took a ton of calls. Almost everybody agreed that was a ludicrous decision by Iowa, and they panicked and they overreacted. I'm glad that they're now saying he'll be back for the spring football game, but honestly, they should go a step further and bring him back for the Big Ten basketball tournament and let Gary Dolphin go ahead and call the remainder of the of the games regardless. Now, uh, the Iowa may only have whatever it is, four or five games left in the season regardless. We don't know how they'll do in the Big Ten basketball tournament or whether they'll win a game in the NCAA tournament, but to me, that would be an easy solution to what I think was a drastic overreaction to uh, to this decision. But I think this is an example, to Iowa's credit, of them listening to the response of uh, the fan base and also a lot of people nationally, including you guys. We're on multiple different Iowa uh, stations. And I think when we opened up the phone lines and had a national conversation about that, I think that's a conversation that had some impact as uh, as things continue to, uh, to to break down there. Now, um, I asked the question earlier, uh, could you think of a situation where somebody made the trade of a first-round pick, a top-ten pick like this? I really can't imagine it happening with Josh Rosen if the Arizona Cardinals decide to get into the Kyler Murray sweepstakes and take him easy, put, uh, take him first, potentially over round. Uh, overall, I, I can't remember this ever happening. And uh, if somebody can remember it, nobody has tweeted me. I'm at Clay Travis, a first round quarterback in the NFL to be traded after his first year. I can't ever remember it happening. There are a lot of first round quarterbacks that don't work out. There are a lot of guys who have uh, who have been let go. All those different respects. Maybe after the second year, I think it's happened. But after the first year, I can't ever recall it occurring. Having said that, would you make this move if you were the Arizona Cardinals and if you had Cliff Kingsbury coming in as your new head coach? Guys, I think I would. If you're going to commit to Cliff Kingsbury and his offensive system and he sits down with you and he says, Kyler Murray is the perfect fit. I need this guy to be on my team. I think he can be every bit as good as Russell Wilson, if not potentially better, which I think is uh, it's a high praise indeed. Now, Russell Wilson went in the third round, but if you find the right quarterback, there's nothing that you can give up that's too much for him. There's no pick that's too high for him either. If you end up with the right quarterback, that quarterback is worth his weight in gold, particularly if he's as young as Kyler Murray is. So I want to play this audio for you again because to me, this is tantamount to saying, yeah, we're done with him uh, if you are the GM of the Arizona Cardinals and you're going to talk to all the media there at the NFL Combine. There are hundreds of guys standing around prepared to ask you questions. You know the number one question you're going to get if you're the Arizona Cardinals GM is about the future of Josh Rosen and about whether or not your team might be interested in going and getting Kyler Murray. And then you respond this way. Listen once more to this answer. 
Well, I mean, I think what Cliff said was trying to avoid bulletin board material. I think if you're a Texas Tech, I would have said the same thing about an Oklahoma quarterback. But, um, you know, again, it's still early in the process. We haven't even gone through a full evaluation at all the positions. So, really, it's, it's again, too early to say. Is Josh Rosen our quarterback? Yeah, he is right now for sure. That's Steve Keim, Arizona Cardinals GM. I want to bring in the crew. I was I was not sure what Arizona was going to do until I heard this answer. And again, the first part of that answer is fine. Yeah, I think you can easily explain why Cliff Kingsbury said he would take uh, Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick by saying, look, Texas Tech was about to, about to play Oklahoma. They didn't want to give them bulletin board material. That was Kingsbury maybe engaging in a little bit of hyperbole about how good he thought Kyler Murray had been playing at the quarterback position. And then that's that's a great answer. That's a good way to address it directly when you're asked about it. Then leave it there. Don't say he is right now. I now think that Josh Rosen's days are numbered in Arizona, and I think there's a good chance that the Cardinals are going to end up taking Kyler Murray number one overall. Let me bring in the crew. Do you guys think I'm crazy for having that opinion, Danny G? No, not at all. It seems like Steve Keim gave Josh Rosen the kiss of death right there. We know in sports, anytime uh, a GM or a coach or the front office says something like that, then usually your days are numbered. Now, my question to you is, our friend Jeff Schwartz, did you see his tweet yesterday? He proposed that the Giants send a two plus other picks to Arizona for Rosen and get their future quarterback. There was a lot of talk about that, um, you know, earlier. I think that would then be a, and we'll talk to uh, to Jeff Schwartz about that in hour two. But that to me would be a sign that the Giants don't believe in anybody in this year's draft. I think you could make an argument that uh, certainly Dwayne Haskins, who wants to go to the Giants, it seems clear so far. I think you can make an argument that Drew Locke might both project better if you're a Giants uh, GM than uh, than Josh Rosen does. I don't know the answer to that, but certainly Josh Rosen, it seemed like, uh, was not necessarily the right fit for Arizona. He wasn't happy when he went 10th overall, when he went after uh, Sam Darnold, and he went after Baker Mayfield. But based on the way they played in season one, that looks like an accurate reflection of the uh, of the overall draft class. Darnold and Baker Mayfield both had a lot better rookie campaigns than Josh Rosen did. Honestly, so did Lamar Jackson. Although I th- I tend to think if you listen to this show, you know that a lot of what happened with Jam- Lamar Jackson was smoke and mirrors. I'm not necessarily buying into the fact that after a year he's going to come back. He's going to have to be a totally different quarterback. You can't make a living running the football like they did in that Ravens offense at the end of the season. And I thought he finally got exposed pretty significantly uh, by that Charger defense. All right, so you would make that move, Danny G. Uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? Is this a move that you would make, and do you expect it given those quotes that we just played about Josh Rosen in Arizona? I don't expect it, and I I, I don't put a lot of stock in anything that GMs say leading up to a draft or a Having trade deadline that, or something like that. When you hear that quote, I mean, either Steve Kime completely misspoke and he was trying to put this uh, this story to rest and he's just an imbecile in his choice of words. Because again, I think this is significant because all of his PR staff would have been like, hey, you're going to get questioned about this. You're going to get, you know, you need to have your answer prepared. Uh, all you have to do is say he's our quarterback and I expect him to be for several years in the future. Even if that's not true, that puts this to rest a little bit, right? 
when you say he's a, he's is he, is he our quarterback? He is right now. Well, I mean, right now is just not a phrase. I mean, imagine if somebody said, uh, let's take it outside of the world of sports, and somebody said, hey, uh, it's your 10th wedding anniversary. Uh, you are married to, insert your wife's name right here, uh, are, are you guys committed to each other for uh, the long term? And you said, well, we are right now. You'd be like, your wife would be like, what? Right now we are, huh? Like, it, it's just such a bad answer that – I feel like either he blew it or, uh, more uh, more interestingly, I think this is a window into the process that they are going through, and it's a sign that they're not fully committed to uh, Josh Rosen. That's my thoughts based on hearing that audio uh, at this point in time. Dub, what do you think about that? Does that does that sound, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, if I'm Josh Rosen, I'm sitting there after hearing that quote, I'm like, oh boy, I better yeah. start, uh, I might start uh, packing a few boxes, get a head start on this move. I mean, that, that's just what I would think uh, if I were him. All it does is add a lot of smoke uh, to what might already have been a uh, smoky process during the NFL draft year. Now, maybe this is a sign that Steve Kime is trying to be really smart and he wants other teams that he knows are interested in Kyler Murray to believe that he is going to draft a quarterback number one overall, thereby increasing the overall value of the number one pick. Maybe he's thinking there are teams out there that he knows are interested in Kyler Murray, and this is just him saying, hey, I got to do everything I can to increase the value for my number one overall pick, and the way I can do it is by making people think that we might not be committed to Josh Rosen, and maybe he's playing chess here, and we're analyzing him as if he's playing checkers, that's a possibility as well. What do you think, Roberto, when you hear that quote? Yeah, lots of possibilities. Uh, you know, last year's Cardinals coach was a failure as a hire. I think if Clingsbury wants uh, Kyler Murray, I think you might have to draft Kyler Murray so Clingsbury can be as successful as possible. Now, to be fair, after year one with Jared Goff, I think everybody on this show and after everybody listening out there would have thought that the L.A. Rams potentially were in a disastrous situation with Jared Goff. He did not look very good. The team looked like they had made a mistake in drafting him as highly as they did. And then they fired Jeff Fisher. They brought in a brand-new offensive system with Sean McVay, and immediately Jared Goff looked like a different quarterback. And so if I am making the case for why it could still be the case that Josh Rosen is the right guy, it seems like they had a fairly incompetent coaching staff as evidenced by the fact that they got fired after a year uh, and and you know basically blown out of the Arizona Cardinals uh, uh, franchise there. But man, I, again, I asked you guys to think of it. Nobody can even think of one where you draft a guy in the top 10 as your quarterback in one year, and then you trade him before year two even arrives, that's unheard of. I can't remember it ever happening in the history of the NFL, and I think it would speak, if it happens, to how tantalizing the possibility is for uh, Kyler Murray in the NFL, according to Cliff Kingsbury and his team. Now, again, it's also possible that Steve Kime is out here trying to drive up the value at the overall number one pick, Maybe we're going to come out of this uh, NFL combine process trying to figure out exactly where everybody is slotted. Right now, I think it's fair to say, I think there's a pretty good chance that you got three quarterbacks who are going to be top 10 caliber draft picks. I really do. I think that Kyler Murray will go in the top 10. I think that uh, Dwayne Haskins will go in the top 10. And I think Drew Locke will go in the top 10. 
And Daniel Jones, there's a lot of talk that uh, that people are going to fall in love with him coming out of Duke uh, with uh, with David Cutcliffe's endorsement that this could be another guy who goes in the first round. So that's at least four quarterbacks right now that I think are likely to go in the first round in what is, let's be fair, not necessarily a quarterback-laden draft, at least in our expectations. I think that just speaks to how difficult it is to find the right quarterback and also how desperate teams are to go out and find a new guy if they don't have one who's working out right now. All right, uh, when we come back here on the other side, I want to talk a little bit about Nick Foles and where we think he might uh, end up. Question for everybody on the crew. Would you make the move and go get Nick Foles if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is he a difference maker for your team to such an extent that replacing Blake Bortles and giving him $20 million plus in guarantees, because I think that's certainly where you're going to have to go if you are Jacksonville, that it makes a lot of sense. And on top of that question, I think a secondary question that has to be asked is, do you like the move? You know, We've already talked a lot about Nick Foles to, uh, to Denver. The league uh, trade can't be made, but that story has already be, been, uh, been broken. The idea of, uh, of bringing Joe Flacco to, uh, to the Denver Broncos. Or would you rather have Nick Foles if you were the Broncos? If you have the ability to either go grab Joe Flacco or go grab Nick Foles, is there one guy you'd rather have than the other? I kind of think when I see what John Elway is doing that he's maybe overplayed here, his hand. Why wouldn't you make a run at Nick Foles first? Because I think he's superior to Joe Flacco before you agree to trade for Flacco. Foles is younger. He's been more successful of late. And arguably, he could fit just as well in Denver as uh, Joe Flacco could. These guys are somewhat similar, right? Big strong, statuesque, in the in the pocket quarterbacks. Uh, to me, the story is, uh, to a large extent, um, what do you do there? I think Jacksonville may be in excellent shape because I'm not sure that there's anybody else who's really going to go that aggressively after uh, Nick Foles, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, the whole state of Florida is in a little bit of quarterback uproar, right? I mean, if you think about where Nick Foles could go, the Jags are the favorite right now. But look at Tampa Bay. You got Jameis Winston in theory coming back, but you could also let Jameis Winston go. You've got him for one year on a $20 million plus contract. Wouldn't you rather give Nick Foles $20 million plus if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Meanwhile, down in Florida, it seems clear that Tannehill is not the long-range future of the Miami Dolphins. They're bringing in a new quarterback do you want to go into the draft and draft a, a first-round guy, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's uh, Dwayne Haskins, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it is Kyler Murray, depending on what exactly is available to you there? Or do you think a guy like Nick Foles could make more sense in your offense? To me, the state of Florida is in such quarterback flux right now. I can make you an argument that the Dolphins, the Jags, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should all three be out there trying to make a move in this particular arena. And in fact, all three of those teams are at the top of the list when you uh, when you consider where guys should be, uh, should be uh, what teams should be pursuing Nick Foles. All three of those Florida teams are at the top of the list. What would you guys do? Who should sign him? Danny G, in your mind, what team makes the most sense for Nick Foles? 
Well, first, I like Nick Foles more than Flacco. So, yeah, if I'm Elway, I'm kind of thinking maybe I... Elway has bu- has just bungled <laughs> everything with the quarterback position, which is just the latest evidence, as if you needed any, that being great at something as a player does not mean you're going to be great at something as an executive. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody out there could question that John Elway is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and you would think he would be able to watch quarterbacks and figure out who his guy's going to be. But other than making the decision to persuade Peyton Manning to come to Denver, the quarterback position with the Broncos has been a dumpster fire with John Elway in charge of making those decisions in Denver. But remember, the Broncos, one of their biggest needs is to fill the holes in their O-line where they struggled last season. So the Eagles... You think about it, they have a very solid O-line, lots of weapons on offense, top coaches. So Foles didn't do that by himself. Uh, Written down here, I have Miami. And what about Cincinnati? I would rather have Foles than Dalton. Yeah, I I haven't looked exactly at what is owed to Andy Dalton, who obviously is coming off of a substantial injury. And they've got a new coach, finally, after all the years of Marvin Lewis. There could be some uh, some some arguments there that that could make sense. I mean, they're on the list of available teams. I think the state of Florida, maybe more so than anywhere else, is in flux. I'm going to open up phone lines. We'll take a couple of calls on this. Who would you think makes the most sense to go get Nick Foles? Uh, you can think about your team. You can think about other teams. Jacksonville is the prohibitive favorite. But are there other areas? Uh, Danny G makes a case, maybe. Maybe you replace Andy Dalton with the Bengals. Do you consider it with Jameis Winston with Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I would. I think Nick Foles is a better option than uh, Jameis Winston. Would you do it in Miami, or would you rather go into the draft and go get a new guy to replace uh, Ryan Tannehill? Lots of different questions out there. We'll discuss it. I'll open up the phone lines. We'll talk about it with the crew, 877-996-6369. We'll also discuss this with Jeff Schwartz in Hour 2 as we continue to roll. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage. Thanks for spending your Thursday morning with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Become a new card member and Discover will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Dub points out, and a couple of you have on uh, Twitter as well that I should have referenced this. Brett Favre, uh, Dub, you said, uh, as close as you can think of to a guy that a team has given up on after a year. He wasn't a first-round pick, but you say, uh, how does he fit in here? He was the 33rd overall pick by the Falcons, and uh, he got traded after one year to Green Bay, and we know what happened next. And he obviously sat for a couple of years, didn't he, before he officially uh, ended up taking over, if I'm not uh, mistaken, uh, in Green Bay. But yeah, he was the first pick, or one of the first picks of the second round uh, back in the day. And uh, But top 10 pick, I mean, this is kind of unheard of, what we're, uh, what we're discussing, the idea that you could make that trade. Uh, a couple different people want to weigh in. Uh, let me go to the phone lines here. Uh, Brandon in Atlanta. What's up, Brandon? Clay, I would think it would make sense for the Redskins to take this guy because they're, uh, uh, their quarterback is obliterated. Who knows if that guy's ever going to take the field again? Yeah. With his leg being That's broken the way it is. That, they've got a good, pretty good defense that was tired for staying on the field all year last year because they couldn't move the ball. They've got a pretty decent running back, but I think they've got Josh Jackson and Colt McCoy. I yeah. mean, you might as well have a roll of paper towels and a gallon of 10W30 motor oil at that point because you got nothing to start a fire and burn the team down. So, Yeah, it's a good point. The Redskins should definitely be in the mix here for everybody. Now, the word is that the Redskins may feel like Colt McCoy is going to be their quarterback coming back for the start of the season, that they feel like he could be good enough. 
Uh, that seems a little bit optimistic to me based on what Colt McCoy has done throughout his career so far. If you don't remember, Colt McCoy came in for Alex Smith and uh, broke his leg, not anywhere near as severely as Alex Smith was injured, but that the Redskins may believe they could use him as a bridge towards a young quarterback. I would imagine if the Redskins do go with Colt McCoy, it's a sign that they're going to take a quarterback in the first round and also a sign that they may not have the financial flexibility because of the money they committed to Alex Smith. I, I I know it's a little bit of a tricky situation there. I mean, that Alex Smith injury was so devastating, and the number of surgeries that he's had to have since then. I mean, I think he spent a month in the hospital trying to recover. I mean, it, it's just that that was a gruesome uh, a knee injury, multiple broken places on that leg. I think he got an infection. I mean, just all sorts of really bad and ugly components to uh, to that injury. Uh, to me, as you kind of uh, sit around looking at, uh, at at that situation, it almost is. I I don't know how how you could do this, and and there there may be uh, some part of the collective bargaining agreement where this exists. But I think when you have a devastating injury like Alex Smith to a guy you've committed a lot of money to, I almost think you need an out on the salary cap. And what I mean by that is it stinks if you're a Redskins fan and I think overall if your goal is to have as many competitive teams as you can, to have a guy who you've committed a lot of money to have a potentially career-ending injury and not be able to get relief from that from a salary cap perspective. Does that make sense to a lot of people out there listening? Do you understand? Let's just say uh, let's just say we like a guy and we think he's worth $60 million, Right. This seems like something that could be a part of the new collective bargaining agreement that if you have that guy suffer a career-ending injury, you can still give him all of the money that he's owed, but you can also take it off the books so that you don't have to be responsible for that. Because the reason why I say that is some people can say, well, that, that doesn't seem very fair. How do, you, how do you know when people are severely injured like this? You could have some sort of committee of doctors that could look at things I think the Alex Smith example is a great one where he's clearly not going to be able to play this coming year and he may never play again. So why would you hold the Washington Redskins hostage here? And I think it could make sense for both teams and players because there's lots of talk about the fact that NFL players don't have guaranteed contracts and that's something that's talked about all the time. And the response from teams is, well, the reason we don't want to give guaranteed contracts is because of the potential of severe injury which doesn't necessarily exist on the same level in the NBA or in Major League Baseball or, to be fair, even in hockey. So wouldn't this potentially protect players as well as teams? You could sign longer-range deals with a quarterback position or another position, and if you had that debilitating, potentially career-ending injury occur, every now and then, let's say maybe once every five years, you could take relief take that guy out of your salary cap and free up that money while still paying him. And maybe the answer is you get insurance and the league gets insurance collectively to allow that to happen so the team doesn't have to come out of pocket even more. But it's a hard salary cap in the NFL, so is there a way for career-ending or significant injuries like that to potentially uh, play out, right? Um, And uh, I I think that could make a lot of sense potentially. Charlie and Dayton, what's up, Charlie? Well, Nick Foles to Cincinnati would never happen because Mike Brown just doesn't do things like that. But I wouldn't mind seeing him come just because I know Andy Dalton would simply chew him up and spit him out. 
I mean, that's not a comparison. And I know you guys don't watch a lot of Bengals football, but, I mean, it, it's absurd. Thanks, Clay. Why is it absurd? I don't understand why it's absurd. That is this the Did Andy Dalton just call into the show to defend Andy Dalton? I mean, Andy Dalton is somewhere around, what, the 20th, 18th, 16th best quarterback in the NFL? And I think that's where you would slot Nick Foles in as well. I I, I don't understand. Like, uh, was that was that sarcasm? I I don't. I, maybe it was Andy Dalton himself. Or is there anybody out there who's like Andy Dalton is so much better of a quarterback than Nick Foles? It's absurd to even consider the possibility. I think it might have been sarcasm saying that the Bengals' offensive line sucks. So maybe Foles would be running for his life. I'm not sure. I I, I don't know. That was a uh, that was an interesting call. I think unless you have a definite top 10 quarterback, we could run through who the definite top 10 quarterbacks are. There'd probably be some uncertainty uh, about exactly who those top 10 are at the bottom end of the top 10. But Andy yeah. Dalton is not near that category. Who would you rather have starting a wild card game for you, Nick Foles or Andy Dalton? I would rather have Nick Foles. I would think the vast majority of our listeners would rather have Nick Foles too. I don't, I don't see that as a remotely difficult decision. Uh, when we come back... Some wild endings in college basketball. Some wild endings in the NBA. We'll dive into those. Dwayne Wade with a big shot. And the Bucks, who nobody is talking about, go on the road and win against the Kings in overtime. Plus, the Lake Show. Maybe we'll get our five minutes, three minutes of L.A. Braun update. All that and more. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car, True Cash Offer, not available in all areas. We're talking about uh, Nick Foles officially going to become a free agent who might be able to sign him. If you're just waking up with us, we're talking about the interesting decision by the Arizona Cardinals GM, Steve Kime, to say, well, Josh Rosen is our quarterback right now as the drama continues to build around how Kyler Murray will do at the combine and also how uh, he will uh, look in terms of his height, in terms of his hand size, in terms of all the body part measurement that goes on at the NFL combine. We'll talk about that with Jeff Schwartz. Uh, who went through the NFL Combine, former NFL offensive lineman, a uh, good buddy of mine. He sits in on the show uh, a lot of times when I am out of town, so uh, we will discuss that and have a good breakdown of the NFL Combine in general. One story that we didn't hit in the first hour that I think is intriguing, did you guys see that uh, Johnny Manziel has been officially released from the Canadian Football League and now is hoping to play in uh, America again? And the XFL is going to start next year. And where exactly that will air and how that will happen uh, remains to be seen. But there seems to be a decent amount of momentum for this spring football league because the AAF, which may not be a great business, we don't really know, but the AAF, they already had to get a cash infusion from, I believe, the Carolina Hurricanes owner. But the AAF ratings have actually been pretty outstanding. They have continued to grow. There was a lot of questions in the wake of week one when the AAF on CBS did pretty well from a ratings perspective, their games have aired primarily, I believe, on the NFL Network since then. Uh, but the ratings are really pretty good. I mean, a lot of you guys out there are watching it. Now, the ratings are not good compared to the NFL or even compared to high-level college football, 
but they're really good compared to your average high-level college basketball game or to certainly the NBA. Uh, You know, a half million people are watching these games on the NFL network. If they put them on a better network, I mean one that's better distributed, I think the numbers would go up even higher, which which suggests that there is, in fact, a market out there for spring football when the XFL comes in next year. And I said on this show, there are three guys that I think are needle movers in terms of people care about them enough as quarterbacks that they would tune in to watch. Three guys. Johnny Manziel, who now is a free agent and would be eligible to play in the AAF or in the XFL. I think this is a no-brainer now that he's out of his CFL contract. I would go all in on trying to sign Johnny Manziel if I was either the AAF or if I was the XFL. Because I can guarantee you if Johnny Manziel was starting at quarterback in either of those leagues, I would watch his first game. 100%. Uh, write it up. I will be there with bells on sitting in front of my television to see how Johnny Manziel would do. Same thing would be true of Tim Tebow. And the story came out about the AAF, uh, Steve Spurrier reaching out, the AAF coach of the Orlando franchise, reaching out and trying to get Tim Tebow to come play in the AAF. Tebow said, no, I'm intent on playing in the major leagues. Uh, And guess what? This is a great story that I think, again, speaks well to Tim Tebow and why I find him to be such an appealing guy, even though he played at the Florida Gators. I grew up and am a University of Tennessee fan. I love Tebow. Uh, I've met him a couple of times. Uh, I find him to be just an effervescent, likable guy. And I understand that some of you out there don't like Tebow because of his religious faith, because you think he's fake or whatever it might be. I just think he's genuinely a really good dude. I I I do. I mean, I think there's zero evidence that we have seen in his public life so far, that Tim Tebow is anything other than what he purports to be. He's now engaged to a former Miss Universe. Good for him. Um, And uh, I think that he is a guy uh, that is going to play in the major leagues. And that'll make him something that has never occurred before, to my knowledge. I don't think we've ever had a quarterback who won a playoff game, a quarterback who won the Heisman Trophy in a national championship, also go on to be a major league baseball player. Tebow would be, based on that those accomplishments, one of the greatest athletes of his generation. I, I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't think that's outside the bounds of discourse. If you can be a pro athlete in two different sports and uh, in, uh, in, in, in this era when everybody specializes, I think it's an unbelievable endorsement of Tim Tebow's overall athleticism and also his willingness to just try something different. Uh, but I would love to watch him play football, and I would have tuned into the AAF game, maybe every AAF game that he was starting in, to see how he would do. I think there are a lot of you out there who say the same thing. And I would say the same thing about Colin Kaepernick. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with Colin Kaepernick, whether an NFL team signs him in this offseason now that his collusion case uh, has been settled against the league. I don't think, by the way, that Kaepernick got very much money. I know some people out there initially reported that he got a lot of money and then there was blowback. It's a sealed agreement. But just FYI, most of the time in these situations, the lawyer gets 35% of whatever the money is. And then I believe Colin Kaepernick lives in New York. I mean, lives in uh, LA, uh, California area. So he would then have to give 55% of his remaining money over to taxes 
So even if Tim Tebow, even if Colin Kaepernick had gotten $50 million, by the way, after taxes and after his lawyer's share, he ends up with like 17 or $18 million. Now, I don't think he ended up anywhere near $50 million. I don't think it was even remotely close to that. I think it was much, much lower. I think it was a rounding error. And the reason why I believe that is because the NFL teams didn't even have to approve of this settlement. And for lawyers out there or people who don't really uh, aren't lawyers, the way to think about this is usually in the NFL, if a uh, settlement is going to materially impact the overall revenue of the NFL teams, they would have to make a decision to agree to that payment. In other words, when they settle the concussion lawsuit, and it's going to cost whatever it ended up costing, $700 million, a billion dollars for the NFL owners over a multi-year, they have to agree that all of them are going to take a 30-second share of that cost out of the overall NFL revenue pool. Understand that? If they were going to have to pay Colin Kaepernick a lot of money such that it was going to materially impact overall revenue for the NFL teams, the NFL teams would have had to approve this settlement. They didn't have to do that. That suggests to me this is a rounding error for individual teams. Probably each individual team is going to have to pay a million dollars or less to Colin Kaepernick. So I don't think Colin Kaepernick got this massive windfall of cash in order to settle this case. I think he probably got in the neighborhood of 15 or $20 million. Now, that's not bad. Good for Colin Kaepernick for getting 15 or $20 million. But you have to immediately discount this in a substantial way because his lawyer on the contingency fee basis immediately gets 35% of that recovery. And then over half of that recovery is going to go to taxes. So if he got $20 million, Colin Kaepernick would walk away with 6 or $7 million. Nothing, right? So I think Kaepernick is in the business of needing money. And if that is in fact true, then I think it's a no-brainer for the AAF and the XFL to go out and try to sign him because he is the third guy, I think, out there who's not presently playing in the NFL that could bring in a substantial audience if he were signed. So you got Tebow, who looks like he's going to be a Major League Baseball player. He's off the table. You got Manziel, who's now a free agent. I would be stunned beyond belief if Johnny Manziel isn't in the AAF or more likely in the XFL next year. And then you have Colin Kaepernick. All three of those guys, to me, are no-brainers. Let's bring them into the league. But the big story here is... I think that people have to be ecstatic with the results of the AAF so far because it suggests that there is, in fact, a big market out there for spring football and that lots of people want to actually make sure that they are able to watch spring football, even if maybe by and large the overall amount of attention to this league has not been very high. I guarantee if the AAF went out right now and signed Johnny Manziel and he was in a uniform and he was starting, I just don't think that's very realistic But if that were true and he were able to play in the next couple of weeks, I'd watch that game. I think a lot of you would as well. All right, when we come back, we're going to be joined by my guy Jeff Schwartz. He's been to the NFL Combine. He's been through the process. What did he think about it? What does he think about this year? Would he make the trade for Kyler Murray? What quarterback does he think makes the most sense? Does Nick Foles make sense? If he were a GM, where would he want to try to bring in Nick Foles? And also, what is Nick Foles worth? 
All that and more still to come. He's going to join us next. In hour three, we're going to be joined by Missouri Athletic Director uh, Jim Sterk, by the way. He is going to tee off, I believe, on the NCAA over the punishments that they levied against the University of Missouri. That may be uh, appointment listening in hour three. All that's still coming. I appreciate all of you. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports tire rack.com the way tire buying should be welcome back geico outkick studios jay-z bringing us back here all right let's bring in my guy jeff schwartz schwartz when you were naked basically standing in your underwear in front of a bunch of men and they were writing down notes about you at the nfl combine how did that feel uh it's a little weird um it's really more weird probably because it's your first time in front of NFL personnel. I mean, the night you get there, you kind of meet with a couple teams, maybe have some interviews, but now you're in a whole room being judged on your appearance. And it's funny because you think the times we live in now, people would get really outraged about that experience, um, but people don't seem to really care, uh, which is fine. I, mean, I, don't, I don't care. But, yeah, it's awkward. I mean, you're, you're in, your, in your tights, and they're writing down notes about your body structure and what you look like, and – it is a big day, though. I mean, if you're Kyler Murray, he weighs in today. Um, you know, you better be about 205 if people have questions about why you're not, you know, prepared to put on weight. What, um, we always talk about this, and I do think it's funny. What's, how long does the measurement process take? And they do measure every body part, right? Except for your penis? Yes. They measure all, well, I mean, they don't measure your legs and, and whatnot, but yes, I mean, they measure your height, your weight, your arm length, your hand length. Um, they you may, you have to do like a squat if I recall to kind of see your ankle mobility um, in front of everybody, and then you know they read everything off. But yeah, I mean, imagine if if we knew that you know that X if your if your penis was a certain size, you were going to be a great great NFL player. Now the problem is you know we have a couple guys that might throw that <laughs> number off a little bit. I mean, if if that if that ball had been a yard, if that throw had been a, a yard yard longer than times go to overtime and they eventually win the Super Bowl that whole thing would be out of whack but um we have uh we uh, it is amazing to me all in this day and age where everybody's like oh me too like can't judge everybody based on their body like literally there's nothing that compares for women to what happens to men at the NFL combine where you are put in your underwear where you walk out in front of whole rooms of people, where they measure every aspect of your body except for your penis, and that they, you know, they, they, like sometimes they'll say like, "Oh, he has short arms," or you know, lacks ideal uh, arm length or something like that. If they said as part of your scouting camp combine, lacks ideal penis length, I think you probably have to retire, right? <laughs> that, would, that would that would be the death of your NFL career if that was because you know guys go back, and we see this time of year where guys go back. And, and kind of like review their scouting reports and tweet about them. Yeah. Especially guys that had like, you know, like, you know, I talk myself, I wasn't a pro bowler or a pro player, but I'd probably go back and read my combine report. And maybe, you know, like if guys were to, to marry up in life, when they get married, they can like put out a quote about the size of their package of the combine <laughs> and prove everyone wrong. I, mean, I don't know. It would be, it would be, 
fantastic television. I know they're airing. I mean, they're airing the combine on, on ABC this weekend. Like yeah. Actual. I mean, it's it's gone to to the point now where it's a monster deal, and people love to you know love the the process of the NFL Combine. Even Mel Kiper has actually never been to the NFL Combine. It's his first Combine this week, so. It's- there is a lot of interest in what's going on in Indianapolis. Danny G says he has the combine report they wrote about you. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time you read it? Um, I don't know, probably a couple years ago. I'm All right, sure what do they say about Schwartz? Have the best <laughs> Massive man whose size and upper body strength make him an imposing drive blocker, but with only marginal foot quickness and balance, Schwartz is a liability in pass protection. He struggled with a back injury throughout his junior year, and his play improved when healthy as a senior. However, struggles throughout the week of practice at the East-West Shrine game and during the game will push him down the board. Uh, so, first of all, that's not accurate. You're not actually that strong. So, let's but first right, of all. Which is, I know that people think, but that's actually true. Like, what's really funny is, the reason why I was a good run blocker is my legs, not my upper body. Like, that's a terrible report. I, was, I benched like... The most I ever did was 27 on 225, and that was like three years after the combine. So I've never – that's not – I have really – see, that's the problem with, with some of these evaluations is they're like totally wrong. Yeah. I have very strong hands, and that was, that's what was – that was what I used for upper body. So very strong, and I have a strong back, hands and back, and then my legs are massive and very strong, and I was able to use those. And I know the angles, too, is very important. So – yeah, that's uh, but yeah, the East-West Shrine game was a struggle for me. It was the first time I've been in a three-point stance since you know about three years in college. So it was a, it was a rough week. But that, that's about that's about right though. I mean, that's what people said my whole career is couldn't move well enough and, and not strong enough. All right, so we're talking to Jeff Schwartz now. I want to play the audio for you. I'm not sure if you've heard Steve Kime uh, asked about Josh Rosen and about Cliff Kingsbury's comments about taking Kyler Murray number one overall. People waking up across the country. I'm surprised this isn't uh, getting more play, uh, uh, primarily because everybody needs a storyline coming out of the NFL Combine. Here is what he said when he was asked about Kingsbury saying he would take Kyler Murray number one overall and about whether Josh Rosen was their quarterback of the future. Well, I mean, I think what Cliff said was trying to avoid bulletin board material. I think if you're a Texas Tech, I would have said the same thing about an Oklahoma quarterback. But, um, you know, again, it's still early in the process. We haven't even gone through a full evaluation at all the positions. So really, it's, it's again, too early to say. Is Josh Rosen our quarterback? Yeah, he is right now, for sure. He is right now, for sure. <laughs> When you hear that, can you believe that he would say that? I mean, to me, that's like, well, Josh Rosen's done in Arizona. He is right now for sure. I was saying earlier, like you had a recent anniversary dinner with your wife, didn't you? Uh, no, that'll be in a couple of weeks. But I was at the, I went to we were just in Vegas. All right, so you went you took a vacation without the kids. That's yeah. what it was. Can yeah. you imagine if uh, okay when your anniversary happens, if your wife like uh, if, if somebody in the media was covering you and they're like, hey Jeff, you've been married ten years or whatever it is. How uh, what do you think about your wife? And you were like, well, for right now it's going pretty well. Uh, is, <laughs> is or if they said, is she your wife? And you said, yeah, for right now she is. I mean, can you imagine answering those questions from your wife after that? <laughs> no, no. Of course, they're drafting Kyler Murray. So this for like three weeks now. They, they, they're, and I, I bet on Murray going to Arizona like plus six hundred. He's going number one. Look, they could easily, and, and we've seen it like like the Raiders, who are like Derek Carr is one hundred percent our quarterback. Right? I mean, they have come out strong. Now they might still draft a quarterback, but they've come out strong in defense yes. of Derek Carr. They've come out one hundred percent blazing. He's one hundred percent our quarterback. He's our guy. He's our franchise quarterback. 
where Arizona's been like, oh, yeah, I guess he sort of is. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to draft Murray at one, and they have two options. One, of course, they could trade Josh Rosen. But two, they could just keep him. I mean, is, the cap hit's not very big if they keep him. If they trade him, it's like $8 million, and if they cut him, it's 14 But you just keep him as a backup. I mean, the, the salary, you're not paying him a big salary uh, because of the way the bows is, is spread out, and, and just keep him. But if you're going to trade him, I think the best pick they can get is 13 to the Dolphins, maybe 15 to the Redskins. That feels more like 15. But other than that, you're not getting a pick to probably 32. If you look at where the teams are, you know, I know this is the thing with, with we talk about trades. You know, people scream, well, he should be, he should get between 15 and 25. Well, who, who in that range is going to trade from? You have to look at the draft order and figure out who might go ahead and do that. And the idea that you're going to get equal value from last year is just not going to happen. I mean, that would be, I'd be shocked. Shocked if the Giants gave up a, like, like the sixth pick for him. Not because he didn't give up the 38th pick for Josh Rosen, but I don't think you're going to get a lot of value back for Rosen. He had a bad season. Uh, I know people might attribute that to to um, you know his uh, his offensive line, his lack of weapons. But you know they had Fitzgerald and, and they had Christian Kirk. Um, so I just I just don't see a lot of value there. So they might have to trade him for a second or third round pick or a package of picks. But they're probably going to try to move him and draft Murray. Is my guess. All right, so. In this in this situation in general, and and I I think it's uh it's pretty fascinating. Is it possible that Steve Kime is playing chess here, and we're analyzing this as checkers, and he's trying to drive up the value of the overall number one pick, and he wants someone else to think, oh, these guys are going to take Kyler Murray because he knows there are other teams that want him, and he's trying to get them to contact him and say, hey, what's your price? Well, that's very possible as well um, to where someone trades up. You know, the thing about this year's draft is if we look at the teams that are really in the market for a franchise quarterback early in the draft, there's not a lot. Okay? You have um, you have obviously Arizona could, could use one. They don't have to, right? They have Josh Rosen. Um, you look at Jaguars could use one. Uh, maybe the Dolphins can use one. The Redskins are an interesting case because, you know, Alex Smith, who they signed to his long-term contract, is probably – not playing football again, unfortunately. He's a, he's a great. He still has an external fixator on. I mean, he, he's not playing football probably ever again. So they have to kind of decide what they want to do. Now, they could tank this year and, and go basically tank for Tua, right? Get Tua or Herbert uh, next season if they feel if they feel that way. But there's just not a lot of teams I think that would trade up for uh, Murray. Uh, the Giants at six don't seem like a, a a Murray guy. They seem more like they want Dwayne Haskins. There's just not a lot of options. So yeah, he he could be doing that. But dude, I think. Murray fits that offense so much better than Josh Rosen does. So I just think it's a better offensive fit, too, to just draft the guy that, that you want to play in your offense. And you're starting over. you, you got to admit a mistake at some point. What would you do uh, if you were looking at these teams? You mentioned all those teams, the Redskins, the Dolphins, uh, the, uh, the teams that could be in the mix, the Jags, to go out and draft a quarterback. How would you make that decision compared to Nick Foles? If you're a GM right now, what is Nick Foles worth? I think Nick Foles, you bring him into a team that's kind of ready to win now, sort of, like, like Jacksonville. Like, if I was Jacksonville, I'd make a play for Nick Foles very hard because you know that you have the defense in place, you have your offensive line in place, you have your running backs in place. You need to add some offensive weapons to maybe help him on the edge, but you're, you're there, right? Like You are very close to winning right now. So you add Nick Foles. If you add a Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins or even a Drew Locke, it's going to take a couple of years. Your window is kind of short in Jacksonville. If you're like Washington, for example, just I, I, take your time. I mean, you're not very talented outside of 
of quarterback. I mean, there are some good positions. You have Ryan Kerrigan. You have a decent offensive line. Um, you have you know Jordan Reed, things like that. But you just kind of you don't have to you don't have to rush. Miami doesn't have to rush and get a Nick Foles. They can take their time and draft a young quarterback. It just depends on where you are with your roster and your, what your expectations of winning are. If you want to win now, go get Nick Foles. If you want to build your roster up and take your time with a quarterback, go draft the guy. I think Tampa Bay potentially is fascinating here. They've got to pay Jameis Winston over $20 million for a fifth year. They're not sure if he's the guy or not. Would you rather pay Jameis Winston over $20 million or would you rather pay Nick Foles over $20 million? Good question. Um, I don't know if Nick Foles. I think he could fit in Bruce Arians' offense. You know, the the Eagles' offense is a, more of a quick hitting offense. Bruce Arians tends to throw the ball a little bit deeper. Um, and I actually think Jameis Winston might have a really good opportunity to be pretty good in that offense um, if he can limit his turnovers. He has the arm to, to do well. I, I think that they might just sit pat, see how Jameis Winston does, and they, I think he's going to do really well in that offense. Bruce Arians. The quarterback whisperer. We know Jameis Winston has the talent. We've seen it all the time, his big arm. But the turnovers are what crush him. Mean, he's fumbled the ball. If you, if you count fumbling, and not every ball is recovered, but fumbling and interceptions, he has more than one a game so far in his career. you got to limit those. But I think he could do decently well with Bruce Arians. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback this year. Yeah, I don't necessarily know they're going to draft. What about uh, the Titans, uh, I mean. Do they believe in Mariota? I mean, like we, we talked about this. How do you, how do you give him his? His option, I mean, or, or his long-term contract. You can't, you can't, give him, can't give him a long-term contract. I think you're going in for one year on $20 million. I, I don't have any idea what the Titans' offensive system is, right? But I think yeah, at least you out. know when you analyze risk-reward, Marcus Mariota is not going to blow up in your face for something that he does off the field. And Correct. he it's has limited his yeah. turnovers in a substantial way. The team was, you know, playoff caliber. He's won a playoff game. I think he's been a lot more established than Jameis Winston. I just think it's interesting if you know that you're going to have to pay a guy $20 million plus and you are looking at, uh, at Nick Foles, does he make long, more sense long-term as a $20 million plus guy than anybody else? I don't think we really have a good sense for what the Dolphins are going to do. But what do you think? You mentioned no. the Redskins. What are the, what are the Bengals going to do now with a new coach finally with Marvin Lewis out and Andy Dalton coming off a season-ending injury? Well, that, that, that's a wild card. And if I looked at the mock draft, or not the mock draft, the draft order yesterday when I was talking about uh, Rosen on Twitter. and they're, they're a wild card. I don't think they trade for Rosen. Um, but, you know, if, if Zach Taylor loves one of these young guys, and there's not only really three guys that you're, you're going to draft, I think they're at the 11 right now, the Bengals. Um, you know, you might take, you know, Drew Locke might be your guy. I think Elway at 10 feels like he's a, a lock to draft Locke uh, right there. Just the size and the strength and the arm strength. This thing's Elway. Elway said, like, he can't draft Murray because he has to run the ball under center. Just like, he just says weird stuff, man. Like, dude, the, the game has changed now, John Elway. I know you were great in your day, but that, 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 that offense does not work anymore. I mean, he still, for some reason, wants to run under center offense, but whatever. So the Bengals, there's not, there's not a lot of options this year for quarterbacks. I mean, they might be gone by 11. We've seen runs on quarterbacks early in the draft. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at least Haskins and Murray are off the board by five. Teams trade up and, and get those guys. And Drew Locke, if someone trades up and let's just say something weird happens and Murray and Haskins go one and three, you might have someone trade up to four to, to grab Locke and the Bengals might be shut out. 
the Giants said potentially that Eli's their guy for next year, and they think he still had years with an S uh, left on his uh, on his tenure. What's your? You played with Eli. I know you like him a lot with the Giants, yeah. but what's your reaction when you see those quotes? It's just same old man. I mean, you know, I went through with Eli. Uh, I love Eli. He's a great dude. Um, he's done obviously wonders for that franchise. And you got to move on, man. I mean, you have to have everything has to be perfect for you to win with Eli. When the offensive line has to play well, the running game has to play well. You have to have a defensive. Like you, you, you can't, you can never be off script with Eli. If your offensive line has a bad day, you're never, you're never winning a game. If your run game is not good, you're never winning a game. If your defense is not playing well, you're never winning. Like it's just too many things have to go right for you to get, win a game with Eli Manning at quarterback. That's a problem, in my opinion. And to pass up again on the quarterback. Um, it's wild to me, and they're just—you know—they might just be good enough where they're not even in the, in the running for Herbert or Tua next year, or, or Fromm or Easton or whoever else is coming out next year. Um, so, uh, just pull the bandit at some point, man. Just—you you, got to think think about the future. I'm I'm curious what you think about this. The uh, Ravens, obviously, the report has been that they are trading Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos, right? Yeah. Uh, are the Ravens really going to roll into a new year with their number one quarterback being Lamar Jackson and their number two quarterback being RG3? Or do you think Seems they like might it. draft a quarterback in the first round oh, for no. back-to-back years? Um, I said that on Twitter. People got all angry with me. Um, I, I Look, I've been very clear about this. I do not think Lamar Jackson will be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Last year, in my opinion, was not a success. We look at quarterback wins for whatever reason and – and say, well, he won six games, therefore he had a good team. I mean, what if we went four and three? I mean, what, you, you know, like, stop using quarterback wins as, as a metric. He just was not a good quarterback. This offense is not sustainable. We saw in the playoff game when you have really a, a week to hone in on your opponent, uh, you play him a second time. The offense was completely uh, taken away from Lamar Jackson. I know he came back at the end of the game. I don't really, you know, people are focusing on that. Well, you put him in a normal offense, he can do fine. Well, they could have done that all season. They didn't do it because he couldn't do it yet. So um, we'll see how they change the offense. I mean, they have to throw the ball, obviously, more this year. But you're not winning with that offense in 2019. It's not going to happen. You also had a year where your defense was absolutely fantastic. What if your defense takes a step back this year? and you're, you, you go from being second in the league to 12th, and you lose a couple of these. Plus, this is important, they beat, like, the Falcons, Bengals, Raiders, Bucks, and some other – the Browns, five non-playoff teams in that six-game stretch. They had one good win at San Diego where the offense did nothing that game. Um, they had 16 points on offense. So uh, I, I just I think it's full school. I don't know what they're doing, but they're obviously all in on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it is intriguing to uh, to think about what they're going to do, and I think that's wild. I mean, I, I, of the future odds when they come out for over-under win totals, I'm going to take the under on the Ravens. I just don't believe in Lamar Jackson at all. I'm with you. Uh, what else are you watching? And we're talking to Jeff Schwartz, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. What else do you think is a big story coming out of the combine? What else are you watching? I mean, I think Bosa's, uh, Bosa's health is, is important. I think he's a legit defensive end. And where he goes, he'll be you know, one or two probably, uh, Quinn Williams, depending on where the quarterbacks trade up. I think there's not a lot of drama. It's kind of nice. Um, there's just, you know, guys are, guys are going through the combine process. There's not – a lot of guys that have questions. I think the NFL did the right thing in allowing. I think they uh, they then allowed right the players who had previous arrests to come to the combine to be questioned. Just seems like a quiet a quiet offseason, which is I think great for the NFL. Um, you know the Kaepernick settlement is done and gone away with, and 
And, uh, you know, that's just business as usual. I like it. I like just the business as usual. Do you think anybody will sign Colin Kaepernick as a backup? Um, well, first of all, the Patriots are not doing that. I don't know why that his lawyer. That was, I thought that was very um, not inappropriate, the wrong word, but just that was wrong. He, the Patriots aren't signing him. Why would you throw it out there? He doesn't fit. They've had one style of quarterback for the last 20 years. Um, they're not, Colin Kaepernick is not being, does not go there. Carolina is the best option, in my opinion, where I live in Charlotte with Eric Reed being here and, and Cap kind of being a fit for, for Cam. But I've said this, and I don't think it's, it's not me. I support Colin Kaepernick in, in his, in his movement, uh, but I just don't think he wants to play football. I mean, it's just, uh, there's no signs that point to him playing football. You know, we see guys that want to play football, put out workout videos, uh, really kind of pound the pavement to show they're in shape and they're ready to go. We just, I haven't seen that from Colin Kaepernick. It's okay. He doesn't have to play, but I don't think he wants to play that much. So, um, and you know, I know people will, will, will try to convince me otherwise and scream that he wants to play, but what has he, what has he shown that he really wants to play? I don't think he wants to play. So, uh, I don't think he'll play again. Good stuff. As always, Jeff Schwartz, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at G-E-O-F-F-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z, former NFL offensive lineman. I am Clay Travis. When we come back, we'll continue to break down the NFL combine and the surrounding drama. If you haven't heard the quotes from uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I think they're pretty interesting um, about whether or not they're committed to Josh Rosen. To me, it means they're taking Kyler Murray number one overall. Uh, also, our guy Peter Schrager uh, on the NFL Network just put out his mock draft for NFL.com. May get some tongues wagging a little bit. I'll tell you what he said. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Our guy Peter Schrager um, has got his mock draft up. Uh, he works at the NFL Network, also works for Fox Sports. Good buddy of mine. He is what I would call an insane draft guru. And what I mean by that is he, a lot of people do first-round mock drafts. Peter Schrager every year for a long time with Fox Sports would do a seven-round mock draft. 255 or whatever the number of total draftees is, he would do all seven rounds a mock of who he thought was going to be drafted and where he thought guys were going to go. He's plugged in. He spends a lot of time on this. Who does he have the Arizona Cardinals taking number one overall? Kyler Murray. You just heard Jeff Schwartz say he thought Kyler Murray would go number one overall. I agree with those guys. I think Kyler Murray is going to go number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, and they're going to be trying to figure out a way to trade Josh Rosen. I think personally, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, teams will decide between those guys next up. I think the uh, rush defensive end, Josh Allen, obviously Kentucky uh, star stud rush defensive end, and Nick Bosa, who set out the rest of the year last year for Ohio State to recover. Um, I think both those guys are going to be right at the top of the board. Um, That would be kind of my expectation. All right, so that is the latest there. I got a couple of stories that I want to hit with you here in the meantime. All right, some of this stuff sometimes blows my mind. I want to bring in the crew on this one. Down in Huntsville, Alabama. I think we're on down in Huntsville, Alabama. It's in North Alabama. Have you guys seen this story? It's not quite Animal Thunderdome, but it's close to it. Two people were arrested in Huntsville, Alabama because they got in a fight over crab legs at a uh, buffet. 
This is a real story. A brawl at a buffet surprised diners and one police officer. This is according to the Associated Press. After police say two people were mad as they were waiting for crab legs. Uh, Literally as I sat down and maybe took two bites out of my plate, Huntsville Police Officer Gerald Johnson says, there's a woman who's beating a man. People are moving around. Plates are shattering everywhere. How did they end up fighting? This is even funnier. They were using their uh, their utensils that you pick the crab legs up with as swords, and they were fighting with each other in a duel. <laughs> How unbelievable they is fencing? this? Fencing? Is that what they were doing? Yeah, they were fencing <laughs> with the prongs that you pick up things with. So I wanted to ask you guys, if you had to get into a fight at a buffet, what is the food that you would be willing to fight for at the buffet? Oh, that's a good question. And I'm going to open up the phone lines for everybody else because I was thinking about this too. By the way, the the, the, the people fighting uh, is a mom. A mom is there with her kids and she gets arrested fighting for crab legs and it's an old dude, all right? So you got old dude and mom fighting over the crab legs. Reports are they were having to stand in line I'm going to just – maybe this is a, a little bit of a uh, of an unbelievable position. I tend to think that crab legs are kind of overrated, right? I mean, because you have to break them. Yeah, yeah you it's gotta too spend much a work, lot of time. Man. And yeah. you, I, I inevitably, when I'm trying to get into crab legs and stuff, I'm not even kidding about this. I end up cutting my fingers all up, and there's never been a point in time where I eat it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a revolutionary food. I think the hype on the crab legs is over – uh, relative to uh, the, the the payoff. Now, here's what I would fight for. If I had to fight for food at the buffet, I'm a cobbler guy. If you have ever been at a southern buffet, there almost always is a cobbler, right? Like a blackberry cobbler, which I think is the apex predator of, co- of cobblers, like the very absolute peak of the food chain of the cobbler industry. But I like... I like the, the the cherry cobbler. I like the, the the peach cobbler, the apple cobbler. I'm a huge cobbler guy. So I think if I were going to get in a fight at a at a buffet over any particular food, that would be what I would go with. I would get into a fight over the cobbler. What about you, Danny G? I would say that I look for something to go with the mashed potatoes and green beans on my plate. At a nice buffet, there's usually a chef standing right next to the honey-baked ham. And they, oh. sl- they slice off that perfect piece Yeah, well, for that's you. why they have the chef there because, yeah. like, they limit how much you can get, right? Like, you you, you get, like, so you would yeah. fight there. Yeah, because that's a treat. Like, how often do you really eat good ham like that? Yeah, the honey-baked ham and the honey-baked turkey. The honey-baked, it's a holiday thing to me, right? You ever try yeah. to go in line and get the honey-baked stuff uh, during the Thanksgiving or during Christmas? The line just extends out forever. Um, yeah, that that's that's one that's worth fighting for. What about you, Roberto? What would you fight for? Some prime rib, some some prime New York style steak as yeah. well. Both of those solid selection there. Dub, what are you fighting for? Uh, some brisket, man. Some good smoked brisket. That's what I'm fighting for. Eddie Garcia, what would you fight for? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with Roberto. Uh, the best thing I ever had at a uh, buffet was a was some prime rib at Trump International Golf Course. Uh, so I would uh, I'd be all over that. Would would this make 
your night if you saw people get into a fight using the tongs as swords over the crab legs? <laughs> yeah. How is there would, not video of this? I, 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 this is my first thought. How is there not video of the crab leg buffet brawl in Huntsville, Alabama? We'll take your calls. What would you fight for at the buffet? Also, we're going to talk to Missouri's athletic director in hour three. Going to cover a lot of ground. Uh, appreciate all of you for hanging out with us uh, as we return for hour three. This is Outkick the Coverage. Make sure you download the podcast. Search us out on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash offer not available in all areas. We are rolling into hour three of the show. We're going to be joined by Missouri's athletic director to talk about the punishment that has been levied against the Tigers by the NCAA. Pretty severe punishment. He's going to join us in the next segment. But in the meantime, we are talking about the biggest issues in the world today. And among those is a brawl that broke out in a Huntsville, Alabama buffet over the crab legs. Um, and I think, uh, Eddie Garcia, you have found some audio uh, of an interview uh, with the cop who arrested people there. Yeah, this is from WHNT News 19 in uh, Huntsville. And this is the uh, report on what happened, including the uh, police officer that was on hand there. As I sat down and, and literally maybe took two bites out of my plate. For Officer Gerald Johnson, apparently some Friday evening peace and quiet was too much to ask. There's a woman who's beating a man. Plates are shattering everywhere. No sooner had he dished up a plate at Meteor Buffet off the parkway, Johnson says a fight was happening in the food line. It's not something you typically hear because if you can imagine a fencing match. The sound that Officer Johnson was hearing was... Tongs clashing. The Meteor Buffet diners were eagerly awaiting the next tray of crab legs coming out of the kitchen. Everyone was saying that they cut me in line. She cut me in line. He cut me in line. I was here first. Police arrested John Chapman and Shakita Jenkins, who was eating at the buffet with her kids. They had been waiting there for the crab legs for a good 10 plus minutes, maybe 15. So when they finally came out, it's very, it's very uh, heated. That's part of the uh, story from WHTN. Can you imagine the woman got arrested for getting in a fight over crab legs with her kids at the buffet? What a loser. Can you imagine how those kids are going to grow up (laughs) if they've got a mom who will get in a fight over crab legs? Poor kids, man. Those kids are done for. And at least the old man maybe was there by himself. I don't know. But if your grandpa gets ar- arrested for fighting over crab legs, <laughs> the best part of that story. Yes, I know what you're going to say, Danny. Yeah, the sound of the, the sound tongs. effects yes. of the tongs. <laughs> yes, props to WHNT for that. Is that is high level local news reporting that they had to put the sound of tongs clashing into the? I mean, that guy deserves an Emmy for that uh, for that thought process. Uh, a sword fight with tongs. I mean, again, uh, I just I, and maybe there's people out there who are like, "Oh, the crab leg is uh, is unbelievable." I just I, I don't understand that you would stand. I wouldn't stand in line at a buffet for ten minutes for anything. Everybody's been in that situation where you walk by the buffet and the food that you want is not there. But like I like my kids, for instance, uh, 
it doesn't matter what's on the buffet. I'll tell you what they're going to get because everywhere we ate almost was a buffet down in Mexico <laughs> at the place we were staying. What do you think my kids ate? Mac and cheese. Well, they didn't have mac and cheese oh, there. Chicken Mexico. nuggets. Chicken nuggets. There yeah. are three things that every kid will eat. Mac and cheese. Well, four. Four things yep. that every kid will eat. Mac and cheese, chicken nuggets. Pizza. A- a- AKA chicken you know, strips or whatever. Yeah, chicken like chicken tenders. fingers. Yeah, yep. whatever you want to call it. Uh, pizza. Yep. Usually only cheese pizza, which is what I was going to say. Like, Every parent has been there where they're like a big line of uh, different pizzas and your kid will only eat the cheese pizza, maybe the pepperoni if you pull the pepperonis off, but almost every kid wants the cheese pizza. So like all these other fancy pizzas always have availability of slices and then the cheese pizza is always gone. And then the fourth thing that many, every many kid French will fries. Eat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Many, <laughs> many French fries. French fries. Every every kid on the planet. So that's always the line at the buffet when you're like at the kids thing. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I see that, I think, why did I ever start eating other things? Because mac and cheese, chicken nuggets slash chicken fingers, pizza, and french fries are all really good. Like you, yeah, yeah. Every parent has sat down beside their kid and had their kid order the food off the kid's menu and thought as we got our more sophisticated adult meal, you know what? I really kind of wish I had just gone with the chicken fingers. This happened to me last night. I, I ordered a steak. I went out to dinner. I ordered a steak. I got some frou-frou side that came with the steak or whatever else. And then my eight-year-old, so my we only had two of the kids with us. My four-year-old orders a cheese pizza, and my eight-year-old orders chicken fingers. And I'm sitting there with my steak, and you know what I end up doing? Of course, I ate my food, but I ate a lot of their food too because I'm like, man, that cheese pizza, it looks really good. And then I'm like, man, those chicken fingers, and they're not going to finish it. And those that chicken finger and those french fries look really good too. So anyway, I'm asking the question, what would you fight for? we got a lot of people who want to weigh in. Uh, Josh in Indiana, what would you fight for at the buffet? Uh, first of all, why are you feeding your kids crab legs? Those kids eat hot dogs and, a, like, like you said. Well, I'm sure, I'm like sure she was waiting for the crab legs for herself. That's a good point. There's not any kid who's ever been like, oh, man, uh, I love crab legs. That's a good point. So I'm sure she was waiting for it's, herself. Secondly, it's a buffet. There's going to be more. Yeah, it's a. I don't. It's a great point. Maybe this buffet, like immediately, every crab leg disappears. But that is a really good point, right? Like in theory, you should be able to know. It's not like the buffet. You can sit down and see when they bring out more. Just go get it then, David in Louisiana. What's up? I was going to chime in on this. Uh, why would you be fighting over crab legs? They ain't worth it. By the time you get through fighting, you. You don't know you're tired. You're too tired to fight the shell to try to get the meat. Out. I'm with you. That's what I think. Like the, if I have to work as hard as you have to work to get the crab legs, there's not that much meat actually in the crab leg. I think that that no. is by far a uh, a wasted time. Yeah, it's very much wasted time. And uh, on on the second hand, I've gotten kicked out kicked out of a buffet before because you were eating too much. Because I eat too much. What were you eating the most of? Well, I was down in Baton Rouge. We was eating. Uh, we was down there uh, for a competition, and uh, I was eating crawfish. They had crawfish buffet, and you know you can't get full on crawfish. And I was at. We was at this Chinese restaurant eating crawfish, and that's all I was eating. And the guy come up to me, told me, "Say you, you'll go now. You'll eat too much. You'll be here for hour." <laughs> so you got kicked out for eating crawfish. What were you? What I were you there for the competition for? The gymnastics. My for your niece, kids? Gymnastics. My little niece. 
that's an amazing story. Uh, thanks for the call. So, what are All the right. uh, what are the odds that our man uh, David in Louisiana is at a gymnastics competition and he gets kicked out of a buffet for eating too much coffee? I've heard of people getting kicked out of buffets before. I've never actually seen it happen. I don't. I don't. I didn't know you could do that as a restaurant owner. That if somebody eats so much food, you can just be like, "You got to leave." Eddie in Texas, what's up? Hey, good morning. I, I, I first of all, I wouldn't get thrown out of a you know all you can eat joint, but if I was and I was gonna fight over it and I had to, a surf and turf night would be a good night. <laughs> surf and turf would be. A good and night. then I, I would pay money to see somebody have a knockdown drag out over at the chocolate fountain. <laughs> I'll tell you this: you get somebody's face in that chocolate fountain. You might turn them into Two-Face. That chocolate fountain is pretty hot when it's coming down like the molten chocolate and everything else. Remember in uh, in the the Batman, uh, the the Christopher Nolan movie uh, with uh, with Heath Ledger, you got the Two-Face guy, Aaron Eckhart, I think it was. If you got your face just held in the hot chocolate there on the chocolate fountain, I think you'd get like third or fourth degree burns if it was in there for a... Don't you guys think? You ever got your finger accidentally in the chocolate fountain? That's yeah. really hot. I think somebody could have serious injury there. Jim in Florida, what's up? Good morning, Clay. How are you? Excellent. And the Keys, man. Like the breeze in the Florida Keys. So, listen, we have a delicacy down here called stone crabs, which oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever had. Yeah, I've been to uh, Joe's uh, stone crab restaurant but in uh, in the South Beach. But is it, uh, right. isn't it true that there is right now, I was reading an article, I don't know why I have this knowledge, isn't there a stone crab shortage in the country right now? Well, you know, the problem is, even for us locals, I've been here 34 years, and it used to be relatively affordable, but the Chinese, between our lobster and our stone crabs, are buying up everything that comes out of the water. 80% of all stone crabs are caught in the Florida Keys. I went into a seafood market the other day, one jumbo claw, one claw was over $30. Wow. Just for the freaking claw. So... Unfortunately, um, they're around if you if you <laughs> if you're healthy down here, which of course there are quite a few people. But um, listen, it made me think of something else over fighting over something. If, if you give me a moment, because I've been in law enforcement 29 years down here, and I remember going to a domestic disturbance between two very nice young ladies, and they had a bit too much to drink. And they got into a domestic, and the total fight, the total issue was who was going to get to keep the brand-new deluxe multi-attachment vibrator set. <laughs> wow. Were the girls good-looking? <laughs> yeah, they were actually pretty good-looking, but unfortunately for them, neither one of them got to keep it because we, we took it as evidence. You confiscated <laughs> it. So you've been, a, you've been, what part of the Florida Keys are you in? I live in Ramrod Key, but I work in Key West. All right, so Key West, you being a cop in Key West has to be an incredible experience. What is the most ridiculous, that's a ridiculous story you just told. What is the most ridiculous arrest you've ever been involved in? Is that it? No, so we have a guy, uh, we have what's called, uh, when the new guys, I was uh, at the time pretty new myself when I was a field training officer where you have a rookie ride with you for like three months and, and do things. And so we had a call of a, of a naked man on a scooter, because everybody rides scooters in Key West, a naked man on a scooter riding around the streets of Key West. So we actually found the guy and got behind him, and I got into a low-speed pursuit with a <laughs> naked man on a scooter. 
Well, he eventually decides to stop and gets off the scooter. And my rookie, he gets out of the car and doesn't know what to do. So I tell him, I said, get your ass over there and handcuff him. And you would have thought this guy was was radioactive the way he approached him. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to handcuff a naked guy either. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's his job. I, mean, yeah, I wasn't going to do it. I was the FCO. So, so yeah, what happens working. there? How does the guy end up naked on the scooter? Did you find out? Did you investigate? Uh, no. No, we never, we never really asked the guy but because we were laughing so hard watching the rookie, the way he was kind of touching this guy and getting him. He was very compliant. You know, he was just out for a nature ride, I guess. You know, he wanted to air out his boys. I, I don't know, but uh, it was funny watching this rookie, man. I, I think I still have some old Polaroids from from this guy uh, trying to handcuff him. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we laughed and laughed and laughed, man. It was but uh, that's why we call this place Bizarro World and Key Weird. It, it, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, I've heard I would like it. I haven't ever been down to Key West. I've been to the Keys, but I've never made it all the way to Key West. Thanks for uh, the call, Jim. Uh, let's go to uh, Paul in Pennsylvania. What's up, Paul? Hey. Hey, how you doing, Clay? First time caller. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I uh, I don't know. I, I get a, feel, a thought of like, Inigo Montoya, <laughs> when I when I hear this story, it's hilarious. You took my crab legs, prepare to die. But I would fight <laughs> on a breakfast buffet for the bacon. I mean, at, you always get that one idiot that piles his plate with all the bacon and leaves it like the scraps. I would stab him with the tongs, straighten the throat, take his bacon, be gone. Yeah, no, I mean, this the, the, the bacon plate is uh, it's clutch. I mean, a lot of people who are bacon aficionados at breakfast, I would say at breakfast – um, and I know because I ate a lot of breakfast buffets while we were down in Mexico. Uh, I, I the, the the amount of people that would swarm the the new pancakes when they came out. That, that's probably what you would need to fight for, especially at least when you're trying to fill up the kids' plate. Bob in Tennessee, what's up, Bob? Uh, first of all, death by chocolate fountain. Uh, is there a better way to go? <laughs> Maybe death by happy ending, like Robert Kraft could have, uh, or both. I yeah. mean, hey, there you go. Why not double down? Yeah, uh, so I was at a – they opened a new buffet here in town. This is several years ago, probably 20 years ago. I had a buddy of mine, a great, big, enormous man that played played linebacker collegiately at the, at the D1 level, so he, so he's that size of a human. We go to this buffet, and it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so we were about the only people there. And my man, it looks like a crime scene with all the plates and bones and stuff that's, that, that he's left in his past. So he goes up back to the buffet. And this little tiny Asian lady comes out of the kitchen like her butt is on fire. And she gets in front of him, and, and the, the, the vision of him being 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and her being about three and a half feet tall, she gets up at, up in him and says, no more crab leg for you. You eat all crab leg, whole restaurant. You go now. Man, we were dying. It, it's, it's, it was one of the funniest things, and, and it, up until then, I never knew you could get thrown out of a buffet. I, I didn't realize it was – evidently, it was all he could eat. Uh, that's outstanding. Appreciate the call. Um, all right. We took a lot of calls. We had some fun there. Uh, let's uh, – we're going to dive back in here. Uh, Missouri. Missouri, if you don't know this story, the University of Missouri got a bowl ban in addition to other punishments uh, recently over relatively minor infractions. And this bowl ban stunned people. There was a totally unexpected 
that it would happen. Uh, the athletic director for Missouri is going to be on to uh, to talk about this NCAA punishment, why it was the wrong punishment. They are going to, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. It's Jim Sterk. He is going to join us next to the University of Missouri uh, AD to talk about this punishment that Missouri got levied and also whether he believes maybe the NCAA in many cases such as these uh, abuses its power uh, and levies punishments that are uh, not to fit the crime. We'll talk about it next. Jim Sterk, uh, University of Missouri AD. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
aspects of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports tire rack.com the way tire buying should be welcome back geico outkick studios we're brought to you by true car when it comes to selling or trading in your car you need to make good choices and with true car you've got a star on your roster so when you're ready to sell or trade in your car check out true car true cash offer not available in all areas we're joined now by missouri athletic director jim stirk if you're not familiar Uh, with the recent ruling by the NCAA. Missouri was hit with what many people, including myself, consider to be a pretty draconian punishment for uh, what was, in the grand scheme of things, not the worst uh, crime against humanity in the history of college athletics. We bring in uh, Missouri Athletic Director Jim Sterk now. Uh, Jim, when you saw this ruling from the NCAA, your first thought was what? Could not believe it. Uh, Basically was was shocked... um had no indication that that they were uh, the penalties were going to be so severe, um, and I I guess it, and then it really you know caused me to question. I you know we discovered a I think you've talked about it before, but a, a, a part time employee that had worked for ten years had gone through a financial challenge and and started to do things that were will were illegal or beyond. Uh, helping student athletes academically beyond what was allowed, and and um, she uh, once we discovered it, we we turned it in, um, cooperated with the NCA, received exemplary uh, cooperation, which uh, I've been told has been two or three times in the last decade for a school to receive that, and and so as we sat down with the committee on infractions and talked about it, at no time during our hearing did anyone talk about um they talked about probation i think maybe once um uh, but but it so so it, it came out of left field the the experts in the field the people that have worked in it um uh, the people that have been on that committee before um gave they they were shocked as well and so i think uh, what it did you know and, and i think you've talked about it the, the message that was sent to the membership is is kind of a scary one that um, telling the truth and cooperating was something was a bad strategy, and that's that's the message I'm I'm worried about. And so, unless it's it's uh, corrected, I think it's a bad message for the for our membership. 
Yeah, I, you know, Jim, I appreciate you coming on because one of the things that I like to focus on when I put my lawyer hat on from back when I practiced law is precedent matters. And precedent matters in all facets of life, I think, because it helps to set expectations of what we should do in terms of our behavior, but also what we should expect when our behavior is not as good as we might have anticipated. And that when we find things that are wrong and we come forward and we're honest about them, that that should also be factored in here. To get a bowl ban, which is what happened to Missouri's football team, and you're going to return a pretty talented football team next year, is so outside the bounds of normal expectation that this strains to me the comprehension of credulity when you look at precedent, right? So what can you do to try to overturn this? Well, and, and you, you having that law background, um, we, we have to, to show that they uh, abuse their discretion in applying those penalties. And, and, and that's a, a, you probably know, that's a tough bar to hit. But I think um, the overwhelming support, the overwhelming reaction um, to this and the message, the, the wrong message that it sent to, to the membership is, is something that, that we have going for us. And I, I think that um, even though um, w- the, the appeals committee is not um, staff members, and I think that's what people get, people talk about the NCA and, and all, it, it's, those, are, those are people that are sitting on that committee that are, that are assigned and, and they're outside the, the, uh, the employee, um, employee status of the NCA. And so we have to we have to make sure that one we're factual and we stay within it, and and we're trying to be, I guess, respectfully um, uh, aggressive as as far as our pushback. We can't. I don't want to blow up the NCA. There's a lot of lot of good things that happen, you know, from the NCA basketball tournament. All those Division three and and two student athletes get to go to postseason, and it funds a lot of lot of great things. Um, and and that's what I I, I think. It, this is 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 kind of a crack in in the the foundation of of the NCAA, and I, I I just want it corrected so that the membership can understand what what's expected because that's that was not expected, and and from anyone else going um, having an infraction or as I told um, one of the senior leaders at the NCAA, everyone knows with online classes that throughout the country in every school, whether it's in athletics or not, people have been assisted more than what, what's been academically allowed with online classes because it's so tough to monitor. And, and when we found something, we turned it in. Now the message is, boy, you better not turn that in or they're going to slam you on that, and that's not healthy for our membership. We're talking to Missouri Athletic Director Jim Stark. Uh, Jim, one of the other aspects of this is obviously right now you've got a bowl ban, but it kind of sets up free agency for your players because under NCAA rules, I believe I'm correct in this, when your team is not eligible for postseason play, players can contemplate leaving, and that allows other schools to theoretically contact your players and try to uh, to recruit them or persuade them to leave. Uh, have you seen messes uh, and issues with that and is that also compounding what was a bad ruling to then create further turmoil uh, that isn't justified? Yeah, yes, you are. You are correct about that. And and it, it was actually the committee that said, um, even though you know, if if you appeal, 
the recruiting or the uh, transfer opportunities for student athletes um, is not going to be stayed. So uh, we're appealing. We we are in a, the 30-day window of, of turning back. It, um, we had to give notice of appeal first. Uh, the NCA responded, and and now we're in a 30-day period. I think by before the end of the end of March, we have to turn in our uh, our official appeal, and then they have a period of time, and it goes back and forth, and so it could be six months to nine months um, in previous cases. So, so that puts a lot of um, uncertainty, I guess, for our our student athletes that that have one year left. Uh, they can immediately transfer. Uh, given the the ruling, um, they could uh, they could uh, immediately transfer and not sit out. And so, what I think our coaches are doing, and we've tried to, the chancellor and I have met with each of the teams and tried to be there. We've we've done question and answers for for parents and understand it. And and I think uh, uh, Coach Odom has did a great culture within his football team. And and I think they they uh, they've said basically, you know, we're going to go twelve and zero. You know, and and we'll see where where things end up. So I, I'm excited about about where they're headed as well. And they they start spring ball this this Sunday. In fact, yeah, Barry has done a really good job with the Mizzou football program. But let's take a step back here because this is a larger scale issue potentially for college football as well. You're returning a good team. You have brought in Kelly Bryant, the transfer from Clemson, who probably will be your starting quarterback. If you were to win the SEC East. Uh, or be in the mix to potentially contend for the playoff. But let's just start with winning the SEC East. What has the SEC told you about their belief of the penalty that bans you from bowl and postseason play, and how would that implicate the overall race in the event that you're a contender in the SEC East in uh, down the stretch? What has the league told you? <laughs> That's a complicated one. And, and the league, first off, um, uh, William King has has worked in the in the field of of working with the committee on infractions. Uh, Greg Sankey, our commissioner, has been on that committee on infraction and actually chaired it. and And so they were equally as shocked, or even more, because they understood and had been in that in that room before. And so um, they were shocked at that that ruling. However, I, I think they, what what we ha- we haven't I haven't spoken to them specifically about it but what it does is it indicates that we would not be able to play in that championship game and and so that's the that's the the huge um i guess penalty that um and i i guess the other thing is is we we none of none of the student athletes there were ended up being 12 that received extra benefits from a variety of sports um we sat the ones from last year that we knew um that that were currently on teams, we sat them in, in cooperation with the NCA and the eligibility committee. We sat them 20%, I think, or something that they felt was appropriate and and uh, 20% of their games. And, and so um, we have no student athletes, no staff that were involved with this at all. So that's the other. Um, You're I punishing guess. people who are no longer affiliated with the program going forward, uh, which is always a big issue when you deal with punishments here. Now, I want to go back to the SEC uh, race, potentially. Missouri has been twice to the SEC championship game, which is the most watched regular season, if you want to count it as a regular season game, 
by far in the country, the SEC championship game. And you said this appeal, you may not know the result for six to nine months. So you could very likely enter the season in September not knowing whether you're eligible to play for the SEC championship and potentially get a ruling that happens during the course of the season, which could change that, right? I mean, that's a messy situation for the league in general. Yes. Yeah, you are correct. Um, Okay, now, uh, and and that's wild. I can't remember ever a a situation where something like that applied. Now, we're talking again to uh, to Missouri Athletic Director Jim Sterk, who uh, I believe their school was was drastically over-penalized relative to, uh, to, to the wrongdoing here. When you see other precedents, and I talked about this uh, a little bit a little bit ago, uh, at, for instance, the University of North Carolina, where there is a systemic issue that is goes to the very root of the essence of the school, right? What you are accused of and have admitted went wrong is you had a tutor who was providing improper tutorial assistance to uh, a handful of student-athletes, I think you said 12, across a variety of sports. When you see something like UNC where there are hundreds of athletes that have benefited from a systemic failure and they virtually get no punishment and then your school gets the book thrown at them, isn't it hard to say that there's fairness and equitableness being applied here in the NCAA when they're levying penalties? Well, and I think that that really uh, there's a little bit difference, I guess, is is that and they um, – from what I understand, and you probably know it know it better better than I, as far as what they they found them. Basically, the the classes were bogus classes, but ever not just athletes. And the whole university. Fun. It's a fascinating point that you're going to make here, which is if you have such a systemic failure in your university that bogus classes, if you want to say the word, benefit other people other than student athletes then they say, oh, this isn't an NCAA issue because it's a systemic failure at the university level, therefore we can't punish you, which honestly makes me think, when I hear things like that, universities should make scandals bigger and argue it's not just athletics and you would never have an issue. Well, and, and we've been asked the question, didn't this tutor help other, you know, other students besides? And, and that's, that's true. You know, she, I, I think that, that is the case, but... And so it's it's a it's a fascinating one. It's uh, uh, you can't believe um, you know th- that difference. I guess um, would would impact us. But I think the committee on infractions um, was frustrated that they didn't they weren't allowed allowed to assign penalties to North Carolina. I think there was some of that in in how they they came back at us and tried to send a tried to send a message. But unfortunately, it's the wrong message. Jim, I really appreciate you waking up early with us uh, here. Please keep us updated on this, and uh, uh, hopefully the, uh, the the saner minds will prevail and they will overturn this bull ban for you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Question. That's Mizzou AD Jim Stark. Crazy story. We'll unpack that a little bit more. It's time for L.A. Braun. And also, what's the worst thing that could happen if you order salsa from a delivery driver? I think we've uncovered the answer. I'll tell you what it is next on Fox Sports Radio. No sooner had he dished up a plate at Meteor Buffet off the parkway, Johnson says a fight was happening in the food line. It's not something you typically hear, because if you can imagine a fencing match... The sound that Officer Johnson was hearing was... Tongs clashing. 
Fat Boys Buffet song coming back. Well played. The guy who decided to have the tongs clashing as audio for his story about the crab uh, leg fight that broke out and a buffet at Huntsville, Alabama. Tongs clashing. That is is amazing. Got to give him an Emmy. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. A couple things I want to hit here. One, that interview with Mizzou AD Jim Sterk is illuminating what could be a pretty substantial issue. Which, can you imagine if Mizzou is in the running to win the SEC East, which wouldn't be crazy given that they returned Kelly Bryant and a pretty talented team, and they're not eligible to, to play in the SEC title game, and then they suddenly get a ruling a couple of months in? This is a, this is a messy situation. A disaster ruling by the NCAA. Uh, another story that I wanted to hit you uh, hit you with. Um, I, I teased it. What's the worst thing that could happen to your salsa? This comes from my home state of Tennessee. A Tennessee man was arrested last week on a charge of adulteration of food, liquids, or pharmaceuticals, a Class C felony. What did he do? He put his testicles in salsa that he was delivering to a customer. Howard Matthew Webb, 31 years old, he put his testicles into a container of salsa, then delivered it to a customer the reason why he did that, because the customer had previously tipped poorly. He was he was a passenger in a car. Another man filmed him. Uh, this is called, in popular parlance, the teabag. He teabagged the salsa. He then produced a video, uh, and they're heard laughing, and they say on the video, this is what you get when you give an 89-cent tip for a 30-minute drive. Oh, oh, it feels good. They then posted the video on Facebook and were arrested for the decision. Genius. This is awful. Just when you think salsa can't be any better, I love salsa. This is going to make me rethink it now. I'm going to be thinking, did somebody teabag this salsa before I ate it? Uh, Also, um, uh, that story is out there. So uh, I wanted to make sure that all of you could start your morning knowing that. There's also a study out. This shouldn't surprise you at all. Uh, Stanford University, I just retweeted this, did a study. said, what happens when you give up Facebook for a month? What do people, what do the studies show? People gave up Facebook for a month. This is not going to shock a lot of listeners of this show. It found that people were much happier. They spent less time online and they were less politically polarized. My thesis has been that social media is what has driven the country crazy. That study of one month by Stanford University researchers suggests that maybe my thesis is correct. Now it's time for L.A. Braun. What you guys got for me? L.A. Braun. I got, I got, I got, I got. From the first show in the country to predict hashtag future Laker. Instead of three hours of it, Clay Travis captures all the mania in three minutes. LeBron has picked up the circus tent and it has followed him wherever he has gone. All right, Clay, decent win for LeBron, 33 points, 10 assists. Rondo got the start, 11 points. He dropped 16 dimes. In the third quarter, it was pretty fun. Uh, four Kuzma and LeBron dunks in a row electrified the crowd. In the fourth quarter, LeBron stole the show with a clutch three on one leg, falling into the crowd as the shot clock expired. It sounded like this on Spectrum. Five on the clock. LBJ in trouble to beat the clock on its way. Got it! LeBron! 
Decent win, even though the Lakers' defense still kind of stunk for the most part. They did win 125-119. to The Clippers and Kings both lost, which is good news, but shouts out to the Portland Trailblazers. They beat the Celtics, and the Spurs beat the Pistons. There's still three games out of the eighth spot in the playoffs, and they remain one game under 500. The Lake Show ain't rolling into the playoffs. That remains my contention. Uh, encourage you guys to go download the podcast. We've had a lot of fun today uh, on the Thursday edition. Jeff Shorts joined us an hour two. We broke down NFL Combine. We talked a lot about Nick Foles uh, and where he might end up. Jacksonville Jaguars, the leading contender to sign Nick Foles. Also, Kyler Murray, could he go number one overall? I think there's a very strong chance of that. If you didn't hear the audio from uh, the Arizona Cardinals, can we play that again really quickly? Yesterday, this to me is a big story. Yesterday, they were talking about Cliff Kingsbury's comments about drafting Kyler Murray number one overall when he was Texas Tech's head coach and also asked whether Josh Rosen was still their quarterback. This is what the GM of the Arizona Cardinals had to say. Well, I mean, I think what Cliff said was trying to avoid bulletin board material. I think if you're a Texas Tech, I would have said the same thing about an Oklahoma quarterback. But, um, you know, again, it's still early in the process. We haven't even gone through a full evaluation at all the positions. So, really, it's, it's again, too early to say. Is Josh Rosen our quarterback? Yeah, he is right now for sure. He is right now for sure. And right now for sure, you are listening to Outkick the Coverage. I hope tomorrow right now for sure you will be as well. Uh, And if you do, you'll hear all sorts of interesting discussions, including what happens when people get into a fight at the buffet over crab legs. And also a little bit of teabagging going on with the salsa. And we dove into the Missouri NCAA tournament violations. Lots to discuss and lots to analyze. Appreciate all of you. Look forward to finishing off the week. Final day of the week of Lock It In. Make sure you don't miss that. 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. Me, Cousin Sal, Rachel Bonetta, whose mom was at my house yesterday. That's a funny video if you haven't watched it. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!